You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your Wednesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button, and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So the Braves enjoyed their final off day of the season on Monday as they returned home to wrap up the 2023 regular season with a three-game homestand starting on Tuesday with the Cubs, who are still themselves, obviously, in the playoff hunt, and then ending the season with a three-game series with the National. The Braves are certainly hoping by by the time that they get done with their series with the Cubs, maybe they can have a few games at the end of the season where they've got home field wrapped up. They can just focus on completing the season, everybody staying healthy, and ending the season on a good note. Well, Tuesday night certainly had plenty of excitement about it because the Braves still had something to play for. They still had home field advantage to clinch in the National League as well as home field advantage overall in the playoffs by staying ahead of both the Baltimore Orioles as well as the Los Angeles Dodgers. And with the Dodgers having a doubleheader in Colorado on Tuesday, and the fact that the Dodgers lost the first game of the doubleheader before the Braves game versus the Cubs started on Tuesday, the Braves' magic number to earn home field advantage throughout the National League side of the playoffs was down to two. But early on, it didn't seem as if the Braves were going to be able to get the job done on Tuesday. The Cubs were throwing potential NL Cy Young candidate Justin Steele, who's been one of the best revelations in terms of a starting pitcher in the majors this season. Just a consistent source of very good pitching for the Cubs. He's been a big reason why the Cubs have somewhat surprisingly remained in the National League playoff picture for this entire season. And early on, it was Steele who got the upper hand on Braves pitcher Bryce Elder. We'll just Gus Elder's performance in just a moment, but at one point the Cubs were up six to nothing, taking advantage of, of, of a bit of questionable defense by the Braves, some walks by Bryce Elder, getting timely hits was the big key for the Cubs on Tuesday night. The Cubs on the night were six of sixteen with runners in scoring position. They had sixteen opportunities with runners runners in scoring position, converted six of them into six runs, and that's why they were up six to nothing. But a big thing that stands out about the Braves. One thing that really could potentially emerge as a clear advantage for the Braves in the playoffs because it's a, because it's emerged as a clear advantage for them all season is their ability to put on a power show quickly and frequently always keeps them in the game. That's exactly what occurred 
on Tuesday night. Despite the fact that the Cubs went up 6 to nothing, the Braves were able to get back in the game quickly. A home run from Kevin Pillar, an RBI single from Matt Olson, an RBI double from Marcelo Zuna, and then an, a two-run homer from Ronald Acuna Jr., his 41st of the year. All of a sudden, the Braves had scored three runs in the bottom of the sixth inning, knocking, knocking Justin Steele out of the game. They scored two more two more runs off Acuna's home run in the bottom of the seventh inning. They're now down just six to five. When just a few innings ago, they were down six to nothing. The Braves bullpen did its job in relief of Bryce Elder, and then in the bottom of the eighth inning. The Braves, once again, continued the threat. And this time, it wasn't their power, though. This time, it was their aggressiveness. Aggressiveness. Runners on second and third. Two outs. Sean Murphy at the plate. He hits a ball out into right field. Did, it hit it, did not hit it really hard. Did not hit it, you know, just in the perfect spot. But a misplay in the outfield by the Cubs led to the Braves scoring two runs, getting the 7-6 lead. And then Rysel Iglesias closing the door. And out of nowhere, the Braves scored... Seven to six. That's one thing that we have seen in the month of September. That's one thing that really stands out from the month of September. There have been some struggles. There have been some concerns, especially when it comes to the Braves pitching staff in the month of September. But we saw it multiple times in Philadelphia. And we saw it last night against the Cubs, against playoff caliber teams. Even if it's the Braves' bullpen that struggles, even if it's the Braves' starting pitching that struggles, this offense in multiple ways is so consistent and so good that in the blink of an eye, and to a level that probably no other team in the majors can do it, in the blink of an eye, the Braves can turn a game in their favor just like that. And that's exactly what they did on Tuesday night. But while the final result on Tuesday was positive for the Braves, not everything came out as positive from Tuesday night's game. Once again, it was a bit concerning when it came to the final line of Bryce Elder. He clearly struggled in what was a big opportunity for him over the past several days. The significance, the relevance of Bryce Elder's potential role in the playoffs for the Braves, at least in the NLDS, it's increased. It obviously has increased because of the you know injuries to Max Reed and especially to Charlie Morton. It seemed more likely than any other pitcher that Bryce Elder would be the clear option to start Game 3 in an NLDS scenario right now for the Braves. But it's hard to see there being a lot of confidence in that option with how much Bryce Elder has struggled in the second half of the season. Once again, Tuesday night was a big opportunity. A playoff-type setup. The Braves and Cubs both having something to play for. Justin Steele being one of the better pitchers in the National League. A really good opportunity for Bryce Elder to be able to build up confidence that he could clearly handle starting a playoff game for the Braves. But on Tuesday, he struggled. And for many of the same reasons why he struggled in the second half of the season, they hurt him again on Tuesday. Three, at, uh, three and two-thirds innings pitched. Seven hits allowed. Five earned runs. Four walks. Two strikeouts. Now, to be fair... The Braves made a couple of questionable decisions in the field that led to a few runs for the Cubs. Also, there was some soft contact by the Cubs that just landed in the right spot. But that's the big thing about Bryce Elder. That's kind of been the story to his struggles in the second half of the season. His strikeout rate has regressed. His walk rate has increased. Therefore, he's giving up more contact. Balls are being put in play more frequently against Elder with more runners on base. When that occurs, you're more likely to run into bad luck. And when you also consider the fact 
that Elder at times can be prone to giving up the home run. There are just a lot of factors. There are a lot of aspects of Bryce Elder's approach right now that are trending in the wrong direction for him to consistently find success. That's why it seemed like he's had good start, bad start, good start, bad start, plus a couple of instances where he's had two or three bad starts in a row in the second half of the season. An ERA that's, you know, over five now for the second half, or it has been over five for the second half of the season. Elder may still be the most likely scenario. He still may be the most likely option to start game three for the Braves, but you have to at least think there's some logic and considering a bullpen game type approach in a Game 3 scenario for the NLDS with how much Bryce Elder has struggled. Because with the off days that are built in with that NLDS, using Elder in some way, shape, or form in a bullpen game may be a bit better option for the Braves now than just handing him the ball at the start of a Game 3 scenario and saying, hey, go get this opposing uh, playoff lineup, go through it twice, and be effective. That, the level of confidence the Braves and Elder being able to do that, I just don't think is at 100%. So a bullpen game may be the best option for a Game 3 scenario. That certainly will be something to see as we get closer to the NLDS. So while there were some positives and negatives from Tuesday night when it came to the Braves' 7-6 win over the Cubs, there also were a few smaller details of the game that were a lot of fun to see for this Braves team as they continue to chase history. The Braves had two more home runs on Tuesday night, which now give them 301 home runs this season. They're only the third team in Major League Baseball history to have hit 300 home runs in a single season as a team, joining the 2019 New York Yankees as well as the 2019 Minnesota Twins. And it's even more impressive when you consider the fact that in 2019, the overall makeup of the ball led to a much more likely scenario of teams hitting a high amount of home runs than it does right now. So in other words, when you look at the overall underlying numbers when it comes to how often homers were hit in 2019 versus this year, to be honest, the Braves' pursuit of that single-season record, what they're doing this year is a bit more impressive than what happened in 2019. So once again, the Braves are on the doorstep of history. They need seven more home runs over their final five games to become the all-time leader as a team. They'll set a new record for the most single-season home runs by a team in Major League Baseball history. Another really cool fact is the fact that right now, the Braves as a team this season have a slugging percentage over 500. If they were to finish with a slugging percentage over 500, they'll be the first team in 97 years to have gone through a full major league season with a slugging percentage over 500. So if the Braves are able to accomplish that that feat, plus also set the record for the most home runs in a single season by a team in MLB history, you're again starting to see bullet points put on that resume of this offense clearly being one of the best we've seen in baseball history. Another good thing to see on Tuesday was the fact that at the plate to deliver the game-winning scenario was none other than Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy has struggled quite a bit in the second half of the season. I know that we've talked about it here on the Battery Power Podcast Network, but it seems like that that's a storyline that has not been looked at that much because the Braves have still found success despite the fact that overall, both Travis Darno and Sean Murphy, both of them have struggled in the second half of the season. As a matter of fact, 
coming into Tuesday's game, the Braves catching position in the first half of the season, the Braves catching position was by far the best in baseball. Over a 900 combined OPS between Travis Darno and Sean Murphy, the Braves catching position had a 4.8 FWAR value in the first half of the season. That 4.8 was the best in the majors. The second best was 3.1 FR. That's how much better than the rest of the league the Braves catcher combination of Travis Darnot and Sean Murphy was in the first half of the season. But again, over a 900 OPS combined in the first half of the season has now dropped to an OPS of less than 600 in the second half of the season. The productivity from the Braves catcher's position has uncharacteristically been below average, and that's been the case now for a few months. But seeing Murphy hit the home run on Sunday, seeing him be able to put the ball in play and create a situation that led to the Braves winning the game on Tuesday with that bit of good luck. You know, he's run into a, a lot of bad luck in the second half of the season. But with the home run on um, Sunday and a bit of good luck on Tuesday, perhaps Sean Murphy can get going because it's going to be critical in my opinion. I think one of the more underrated aspects of the playoffs is that so many playoff teams get significant contributions from their catching position. There is a clear high correlation between having elite productivity from the catcher position and it resulting in your team winning. If you go to Fangraphs and you look at Fangraphs War, 13 of the top 16 catchers in terms of F War value this year play for a team that is in the playoff race right now. That includes the top six, which Sean Murphy is one of, the top six catchers. And overall, seven of the top nine catchers are the top catchers on a team that you could see having a clear shot at potentially playing in the World Series. So if the Braves can get their catching situation going once again, they legitimately could have the best catching combination in baseball in the playoffs. And for the Braves, it's even more of a potential advantage because they already are going to have the best offense in any series that they play in the playoffs this year. But if they can get their catcher situation going again, it makes their offense that much deeper, which typically leads to good things in a playoff scenario. So Sean Murphy for two straight for two straight games, having good luck come his way or having good results happen at the plate, hopefully that will result in him once again finding some consistency with his bat. But of course, the Braves still again have plenty to play for. That magic number is at two. Once again, four games up on the Dodgers for the best record in the National League. Three games up on Baltimore for the best record in the majors to have home field advantage throughout. Over the next few days, the Braves have plenty of opportunity to potentially put to bed any question about whether or not they'll have home field advantage and they could do it against the Cubs. So there's still plenty to play for. For Atlanta, taking the mound on Wednesday will be Darius Fines. He'll be going against Jameis Italian of the Cubs. It'll be very, very fun to see if Vines can put together a solid start. Not saying that if he does, that means he'll be in the playoff mix for the Braves. But at the very least, it'll be good to see a young arm potentially end his season on a good note. It will be very interesting to see how good Darius Vines could be against 
this Cubs lineup. Make sure you stick with us. The podcast to be named later. We'll be back later tonight going into Thursday recapping this, the first few games of the series against the Cubs as well as looking forward to the final weekend of the season for the Braves. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Follow all the great podcast content from the Battery Power podcast at BatteryPower.com at BatteryPowerSBN across all forms of social media and free on all podcast platforms. Until next time, go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer.